We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. What up? Hey, guys. Welcome back. Thanks so much for joining us. We are here with the Tiger King season one, and we're going to cover episode two today. I'm your host, Jesse Zaner, and here with me is my boy, my favorite co-host, Al Greg. Al, what's going on? Hey, everybody. It's your boy, Al G, and you guys are hopefully used to seeing me and uh, Jess work together. This is, what, like our third year, third show, doing a show together? Yes. I mean, I can't get enough Al. He's just so great. I mean, if you guys saw last episode, he has all of the quarantine gear and items that you need to be locked up in your house and safe from the coronavirus. And so. Oh, wait, Jess, I'm not done yet. You know, I'm ready again. I've like upgraded, you know, my game. I got my like, you know, I got my samurai sword. Oh, my God. <laughs> I got my, you know, I got a gallon of bleach if somebody runs after me. You're getting dosed with a gallon of bleach. I so got guys, my- last episode, I was telling you guys that Al is basically gearing up for when this quarantine's over. He's going to move to Myrtle Beach to be part of Doc Antler's, like, tribe over there. But, yeah. like, the, as this goes on, it's like he's getting more and more like these guys. Like, it's just like them. They can't leave the house without bulletproof vest. You're, you have a sword or whatever is going on over there. The apocalypse, the apocalypse is making me more more batty and more kind of zooey like these crazy guys. I like, I dig their swag. Oh my gosh. Well, it's great. I love it. Um, so guys, today what we're going to do is we're just going to recap season one, episode two of the Tiger King. If you joined us last episode, I called it the Lion King. Why didn't anybody call me out? What am I doing? Like I'm losing my mind. It's just like, I've had so much Joe Exotic mixed with the quarantine, mixed with everything else. I'm going crazy, but. Tiger King, Tiger King, Tiger King, Tiger King. Yes, I'm a huge fan of tigers anyways. They're my favorite cat and I love cats. So um, so yeah, we're gonna talk episode two today. And then after that, we're gonna move on to special segment by Al. And then we're gonna go back to news and gossip because I got more news and gossip on Joe Exotic. I um, wanted to tell you all you guys in the live chat, thanks for joining us. Feel free to chime in. We already have some people in there now. Um, we have Rose Manos who's saying this series kept getting crazier each episode. Joe, Joe Exotic's music videos were so bad. They were awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so we also love Joe Exotic's. Oh, wait. Did you see how he sells like the um, the little Speedo leopard skin underwear? <laughs> like, can't you Dude, see? Dude, he's the best. He's selling underwear. He's selling sex gel. He's selling condoms with his face on him. I mean, you cannot go wrong. I, they're all like leopard skin and cat themed. <laughs> right? I know. You, you know Carol's buying that stuff because her whole house and wardrobe is all, all cat stuff. She's jealous. You know, it's my opinion that she bit that. She probably stole that idea from him. Like oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. All right, so so this episode is titled Cult of a Personality, and we kind of get into the cult of being part of the big cat society because it seems like these sanctuaries have like an owner who has this weird cult following and it's kind of like 
manipulative how they get these people on because Joe learns a lot from Doc, but both of them like kind of go after people who have nothing, you know, they, they just got out of prison. They don't have anything. They, you know, they're struggling. They need somewhere to live. They need somewhere to stay. And they, they find Joe and Doc and, and they end up there. So, so tell me what you think about some of the, some of the staff with, with yeah. this. I mean, if you watched our previous episode, we, we talked about how uh, Joe's staff is just basically like this home for like orphan broken people, you know? And I yeah. think with him, I think it's sincere. I don't think there's, I don't feel like there's much malice or conscious manipulation because we talked about his background in the previous episode, you know, how, you know, he's a gay guy who was totally lived inside the closet, repressed, his father hated him. He tried to kill himself. So he turned to drugs, now he's sober and he only hires like drug addicts and people just got out of prison trying to give them a fresh start. So I love, I have more of a positive spin on him. And, you know, obviously they give the people a, a place to stay in these motel rooms. I'm not motel, these, uh, what do you call those? Those um, um, uh, trailers, trailers. Yeah. Now, the, the trailers look pretty shitty, you know what I mean? But for somebody who didn't, really have a place to live and can't get a job and you got all that we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse carved it in the blood on our backs we did not see we could not but she did and in the end what will I become Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. $100 with pocket money. I actually think that's a come up. Like everybody, every employer they viewed of him, they loved him, you know, but not so much for some of the other characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't, I, you know, I am Team Joe, obviously. I like Joe. Um, some things we learn is, well, a couple things. One, he pays his staff 150 a week, which is like not a lot of money. But Doc is even worse. He pays 100 bucks a week. Mm-hmm. And then at the beginning of this episode, it actually starts with Saf, the girl we met in the previous episode, uh, getting bit by a tiger and her arm being completely... That was crazy. Yeah, you're kind of frozen there, Jess. Okay, did you notice? So, uh, yeah, sorry. Let me, let me see if I could. Uh, yeah. Well, it's not your fault. I'll keep talking until you unfreeze. But yeah. Get better reception. We were talking about the girl in the previous episode um, who got her arm bitten off. She, can you hear me? I hear you chopping in and out. Sorry about that. So anyways, Joe's uh, staff member, Saf, she gets her arm like bit by this tiger. And it's crazy. Like a, a few things were like, I'm just like, questioning Joe is he says something like I'm never going to be able to financially recover from this which I thought was really insensitive because it's like your staff member just got her arm bit off right that's very selfish and then also like staff is like such a like loyal person she um shows up in the hospital yeah Yeah, she's in the hospital um uh Rinky and Joe come to visit her and she said she can actually with her like bitten up hand she can still write her name her hand's still functioning but they tell her it's going to be like two years reconstructive surgery and you know she was thinking 
thinking about it or or she can amputate it but she was thinking about it and she's like you got to give these animals a fighting chance and the media will win if i'm in here forever so she just gets out and seven days later she's working back at the zoo she's a ride or die like not just for joe but for the cause she like legitimately loves the animals loves joe loves what they do and didn't want let th this incident be exploited you know she was saying you know it's my fault i shouldn't have reached my hand in the in the cage but yeah i didn't like joe's reaction but at least he was honest like the one thing well, i was really couldn't believe he did because i don't know if i would have done it in my business when they when they, when it happened the incident he went out and he told everybody he's like look sorry yeah. the show is closed down today because we had an incident where a tiger bit one of the employees and i'm like Okay, maybe I would tell that for police, but I, personally, I wouldn't announce it to a crowd of people waiting outside until, you know, this all got sorted out. So, okay. again, there's some, he's flawed, but he's honest. Yeah, no, I agree. Did you notice, like, the funniest part of that whole scene is that Joe somehow comes up with, like, a medic coat on. It's like, <laughs> where did you get that? Like, something goes on and you just have that sitting in the back. You just put it on and you're like, here I am. I'm going to fix your arm right up. Dude, this guy, he's a showman. He's also a, a magician and he does explosives. That That's so funny you mentioned that. He's just that total character. Like when it's time to, you know, to be police and security, he'll probably throw on his, his police hat and pull out his gun. When it's time to, you know, give somebody a Band-Aid, he'll put on the, you know, the lab coat. And when it's time to, you know, do his magic, he'll throw on his, you know, his magic hat. He's like, he does it all. Yeah, and we are going to talk about the magic thing, but one thing I wanted to talk about, because I was curious about this in the first episode, is Seth brings it up. She's, she talks about, she has like a really good, um, she's like a really positive person, and she's like, nothing can bring me down. I work with a guy with no legs, and then they go over to Rinky. And I'm thinking, I've been thinking all along, what, did he get both of his legs bit off by tigers? <laughs> but he tells us, that he actually had this like zip lining incident where he was paralyzed and he basically like wasn't going to walk again, but he just got up and started walking and he walks like 20 miles a day, working seven days a week, 12 hour days at the park. That's what I mean about like, I think when I look at Joe's uh, staff and their story, to me, it's inspiring because everyone, yeah. like I said, is comes from like this broken, flawed background, you know, not, you know, people coming out of prison, people getting off the drugs. One guy say he wouldn't have been sober unless Joe took him there and he had like 128 days. And then from this guy, you know, who had the, who had no legs. And just the fact that he had someone there like, yeah, I lost my hand, but the way I look at it is like, you know, I have my legs. I don't have to have any legs. Just everybody's attitude, I, I just love it. Yeah, it is crazy. They have like, they they do get along really well and they're like super loyal to Joe and they have great attitudes. Um, so Ricky's like definitely one of my favorite characters. I just love him. Let us know guys in the comments, what you guys think, if you're a fan of Rinky and Saf and all of Joe's staff. Um, but this episode, we do get into a little bit more about Joe's life and you know, all these roles that he plays because he is just like this crazy showman. Just like you said, Al, he was like doing this thing where he was going around to schools and teaching kids about drugs and he decided that it wasn't working. So he's going to add a magic element to it. and That wasn't working. So then he brought in animals and then he was going to like malls. He's just crazy. I love it. Yeah. 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 I mean, definitely. He, it's, I like how his evolution, he's, I feel like basically tigers basically saved him, saved his life, you know, mm -hmm. from the emotional damage he incurred 
And but you know, as a result of dealing with these tigers, he got more confident, and you could kind of see like you know more kind of like the uh, the flashy you know, uh, cocky side of him come out, which is good. I think everybody should you know you know flex their freak flag, and that's what he's doing. Right. So even when he's doing that, it's not, it's a little bit of what you talked about last um, episode, Al. While he was going mall to mall doing this like animal show, Carol had hired this other woman to specifically go after him and follow him around the country. She was sending like 5,000 emails a day to try to get Joe kicked off of doing this stuff. I mean, to me, that's, that's bonkers. And, and again, I know a lot of those people who were down with um, Carol's reserve uh, probably have great intentions. But for, number one, we talked about this. We don't see the, the difference between what they do because they both keep the tigers in cages and they both make money off them. But more importantly, I think it's one thing to like, okay, say somebody, you know, across the city or in another part of the state is doing something I don't agree with, so I'm going to report them. I think that's totally legit. And if I think it's illegal, we'll call pet control. But, but it's not just that. It's like this total obsession. Like, they followed him to like 32 states. They put people on him. They got people jumping over his, his yard. And to me, that's where I told you, like, it's, it's all these people are basically super obsessed. But the weird thing about uh, Carol is like, I think one of her obsession, she's like diabolically obsessed with bringing Joe down. It's kind of like some, if you have somebody like a troll who constantly trolls you on Twitter, on Facebook and you're like, okay, well, don't you have a life? It's one thing that, yeah, it sucks what you're doing, but don't you have better things to do? And I really, she, she reminds me of like that lonely, bitter old cat lady, which is, which is what she is. She is. She's just a cat yeah. lady, big cat. <laughs> yeah, so guys, if you're joining us in the live chat, thank you so much. Um, I'm having a little bit of technical difficulties. I can't see your chats right now, but we really appreciate it. And once they're back up, I'll definitely add you guys into this. Um, but just kind of more going on more about the cult like aspect of these big cat owners. So you have Joe, you have all of his loyal followers and buddies and then his husbands, which we'll get to because then we move over to doc. He has another cult following as well. Like I said, he pays his staff a hundred bucks a week and we get to know this lady, Barbara Fisher, who's in Iowa. Um, she's done with the big cat stuff. She's moved back to Iowa, but she went there as a young girl out of school her father took her when she got down there her father met doc and was like this guy's a ladies man don't fall in love with him and of course and she, <laughs> yeah exactly so so she falls in love with him and she's kind of like there living in this like what did she say like a horse a horse stall um with tons of cockroaches i mean first off like if i see one single cockroach i would lose my mind okay like i do not mess with cockroaches and she's saying she'd pull out like a, a piece of bread and they'd be like covering it like girl go the f home why would you well, deal what? with this right okay go. You're, right. you're right if you have resources jeff i mean just but think of it, obviously, I think her something, they didn't get into it yet, but something's going on with her home life. It was problematic. They didn't say, but. You might be right. Because yeah. I was like, tell your dad to come pick your ass up because I don't want to deal with all those cockroaches. Are you serious? And, and so what, there's that. What, what dad would drop their, I don't know, 17 or 18 year old off to live with the man who's like in his 50s. So what, the dad's crazy for doing that. And number two, um. Here's, here's Joe's game. Here's his manipulation. And 
it's culty, but it's it's not illegal. Peep this out. When you talked about how the first place she stayed had all these cockroaches, but what did the other girl tell her? She's like, yo, yo, giving her some game. She's like, yo, really, if you want to, you know, move up and, you know, get some nicer digs, you know, you know, you kind of, kind of like got to get with Joe. You know what I mean? With Doc, with Doc. Doc, I'm saying, yeah. yeah, yeah got to get with Doc, you know what I mean? Please him. And then once you do that, then you get into the big harem. They each had their own house by the end of the thing, right, Jess? Yeah, you know, so it's crazy. So like Joe gets these people that are coming out of prison that don't have anywhere to go and they kind of become super loyal, like a cult to Joe. On the other hand, Doc has all these girls who come at like 17 years old or when they're really, really young. And he like manipulates them into like living in this horse stall, getting paid a hundred bucks a week. Oh, now you got to go get a boob job. Cool, fine. <laughs> I mean, and I then- the boob job story. Yeah, and then, and then you're driving through his like, I don't know, whatever. And there's China's house and there's, what are their names? China. Um, there's uh, Mo Mocha's house or Mocha's house. There's the, the other girl's house. They all have three big houses. Yes, I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's like, okay, maybe I'll let you, one person being manipulative, another person call it game. I don't know, <laughs> whatever, whatever. One person's guru is one person's, you know, mag <laughs> You know, not too much difference between a pimp and a player, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So, go ahead, Al. No, I was just gonna say, but this compound he had, he literally has his own little city. He has like like se several square blocks where we were talking about with different homes, and one wife lives in this home, one wife lives in this one, another girl. So, I I think it's one of those things where, um. If you had something better going on, you would do it. And I think, uh, what was the name of the girl you said who lived in Iowa, who left? Barbara Fisher. Yeah, while she was saying that it was culty and she was like, yeah, I had to get out of the cult. And she was like, and she was like you know, I didn't really have a place to go. And she was the one with the roaches. But to the extent that you can graduate, you know, to live in a big home, all your bills paid, you're not getting paid, Jack. But you live there and all your food and your shelters for free. I mean, at the end of the day, they all stayed till they were well into their adulthood and to their, I know she was over until her 20s and she stayed and she was like, yeah, there's no locks on the door. You can leave when you want. But, yeah. Yeah. You know, so China, China's been there since she was 17. Raj, Raj, Rajani, his second wife, was there 20, started 20 years ago and Mocha started 16 years ago. So these guys have been living there forever. Um, and Barbara was there from 1999 to 2007. So yeah, I mean, they're staying there for a long time. Um, I, I also thought it was funny. They asked Barbara what doc was a doctor of, and she said mystical science. <laughs> and we find out, we find out that Bhagavan actually means Lord. Oh my goodness. He has all the girls call him Lord, basically call him God. <laughs> right. Lord Al, I'm gonna call you Lord Al from now on. <laughs> he's just, he, you know what? He's not just you know he's not no ordinary guru to me. He's just a pimp. He's just yeah. a pimp, <laughs> a high class pimp with game. That's what he is. <laughs> he is. He is. Um, so um, the the way we ended up here with like finding out about all these wives that he has is actually we met this guy earlier in the episode named Mario um who owns zf 
ZWF Zoo in Miami, and he's like the Scarface of the big cat game. Like he was a huge drug dealer who would like turn in like like suitcases full of money to the bank, and he like helped murder this guy and like do away with the body and. Oh my God, there were people were, he's saying when he drives down the street, people literally call him Scarface. They're like, you're a Scarface. And yeah. Like everything that Jess was saying, let me just paint the picture, guys. They were literally cutting in scenes from Scarface that mimicked his life from what Jess said to like carry in the like the trash bags into the bank of just cash and they couldn't count it all to literally he was like, we dismembered a guy. <laughs> With the, with the saw, just like the Scarface scene, like with yeah. the electric saw. He was like, yeah, you know, I was, you know, I'm not saying I'm the one that, that cut him with the circular saw, you know, but I was there, you know. I'm not saying, yeah. you know, like, you know, I had anything to do with it, but, you know, it happened in my car, and, you know, and he disappeared, you know, in my backyard. <laughs> right. But he's like, I did the time, so like I'm out now, so why can't I own these? Because Carol is, of course, after him too. It's so funny. Carol's after all these guys. So all these guys are like together against Carol, but Joe is just like way above every, like he hates Carol on another level. Yeah. And the thing is, I think the way, the reason, well, I don't want to jump to, because I don't really, I don't want to speculate how it ends, but my prediction is that. Carol will probably come on top uh, in the mainstream society simply because you can point to each of those guys. They kind of march to their own beat of a different drum. They're kind of, you can characterize them as a shady characters. Not even bad because like, like Mario, the, the guy, the ex-drug dealer, I agree with you. He served his time. So you can't, he's done restitution. You can't continue to be a citizen if you haven't done restitution, but guys like him. They can't go get a job at a bank. Nobody's going to hire. Right. So I right. think that field kind of uh, attracts those shady people, just like uh, Joe. You know, he's turned it into one of those things where, you know, like I said, where he brings in people who are trying to get off drugs and they're convicts who can't get a job anywhere else. But for somebody like Carol, she's looking at him like he's trash. She's not looking at him like he's a good guy. She's like, why are you having this ex-con? Same thing with uh, Doc, you know, like the guru. Um, anybody else would look at him, you know, as like we say, he might just be a high class pimp. But to me, he's more just he comes from that, that like free love 60s era. So, I, again, right. like it's all in the way you look at it. I like those characters, but I do know that Carol represents mainstream society and it's easy to point the finger and uh, kind of discredit the rest of those guys. Right, right. So, um, so yeah, we, we see, we see Mario, him and his wife kind of, well, his wife actually kind of drops the ball about Doc and his wives because they know Doc very well. So Doc, you know, is, is basically the guru to Joe. Joe loves Doc. Joe learned everything. So Joe's going to go and he decides he's going to have another husband, just like, just like Joe or just like Doc has three wives. He's going to get another husband. And this kid just rolls up. 19-year-old kid named Travis from Southern California comes to GW Zoo and he's so innocent and, you know, nice, seems like a really nice kid. And it's what you were talking about last episode, Al. Yeah, I accidentally let the cat out of the bag lap episode. I'm sorry, but I'll repeat the story now, if you don't mind, Jess. Um, the new kid, Travis, well, Joe's, he's basically dating this other guy, kind of like this muscle-bound, tattooed up, you know, ex-felon or whatever. 
And he, he met the guy when he was 17 too. Get him while they're right. young. <laughs> but uh, the new guy, Travis, I guess what, he was like 18 or 19, tall, good looking kid, looks like just regular suburban white kid, surfer, whatever, everyday kid next door. And Joe's like, well, how straight are you? And he's like, yo, I'm straight, you know? And then Joe hits him with the, well, do you ever watch porn? And he told that joke, like, and the guy, and the kid's like, yeah, I watch porn. All guys watch porn. He's like, well, do you like the guy who's doing it with the big penis or the little penis? And he's like, um, I guess I like to see the guy with the big penis doing it. You know, because porn is all fantasy. And he's like, ah, see, that means you're gay, just like me. <laughs> and he turned yeah. in- he, he did. Up. He did. Cause that's what they say about John too. his first husband. It, basically John met him right when he got out of school, like a month later. And he, uh, nobody thinks he was gay, but he started dating Joe. And then he meets this 19 year old Travis and he's really, really into him right away. And so he has that conversation with him. And then he goes and asks John, can we be in a relationship with Travis as well? And John's like, sure. And then you know, next thing you know, they're married. Like we, we see their wedding. So, I mean, again, I'm, I'm more of a laissez-faire libertarian. I think, you know, all sex work should be legal. Drugs should be legal. That's just me. As long as you don't hurt anybody involving any minors, things like that. Nobody gets help. Nobody gets hurt. So I, morally, I don't have a problem with it, but I got to recognize game, man. Just that's, I was alluding to the pimp thing. That's what pimps do. They find girls while they're 17, young, kind of mold them. Then they turn them out. When the street term turning somebody out is basically flipping them sexually. So he's, he turned these, the straight guy out. He turned him sexually. So is I don't know. I mean, I, I almost got to give it up to him. Yeah, we got Julie Walker in the live chat. Hey, guys, everybody that's joining us in the live chat, I can see it again. So feel free to comment or, or have it, like shoot any questions toward us. But Julie Walker says, oh, my God, so funny. These guys are trying to say they weren't gay. Give me a break. <laughs> She's probably right. She's actually probably right. But I don't know, man. Who knows? They take a lot of drugs over there. They probably had some crazy nights. <laughs> yeah, you guys just stay tuned and if you haven't binged the whole series yet there is so much more with both john and travis to come so you'll find out and maybe your perspective will change on if they are gay or straight or whatever doesn't matter it really doesn't but this is just what people are saying so um, I, and actually I, I i like what she said but again <laughs> let's just say he was bi curious he was young for sure that, i'm just saying people are easier they they do things when they're younger we all know when we're immature things that you may not necessarily do. I mean, that guy, five years later, he could be in a relationship with a woman now. But now I agree, duly noted. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about Joe's cult. We talked a little bit about um, Doc's cult, but we didn't talk yet about Carol's cult because Carol has a cult of her own and she does it a little bit different to make it seem like it's okay. It's like Carol does these things She's so smart in the fact that she can do things just like these guys are, but she thinks of a way where society will think it's okay. So her cult is she has like a million people who work for free for her. They're volunteers. And she set up this whole program of different shirts mean different things. So if you have a yellow shirt, you're one thing. And then you have to take a test to get a green shirt. And then after your green shirt for a year, you get a different color shirt and on and on until you're like there for like, two, five, 10, however many years. Oh my God, we were talking about this, Jess, how Carol, to me, I mean, 
she she seems like a nice lady on the outside, you know, doesn't quote break the law, but we'll find out later about her past. But she seems like a nice lady next door, kind of cat lady. But to me, she's the biggest hypocrite because she's going after these other guys. And worse is to us, it seems like she does the same thing. She keeps animal and animals in cages and she charges for people to come see them, but she doesn't even pay her workers, at least like Doc and Joe pay their workers. It's not much, but they give them a place to stay. She makes those people work for free around the clock. Right. But it is kind of like what you're saying, where, where, where Joe is getting these people out of prison that have nowhere to go. Doc is like, uh, you know, working his ways with these younger women. Carol is almost like, uh, a higher socioeconomic status because like these people that are volunteering obviously they seem like they don't need somewhere to stay they don't need money they they she twisted in a way where she's getting these people to do something out of the kindness of her heart like oh i'm volunteering and helping these cats and helping this woman who's you know saving all these animals who's the bigger pimp carol or doc or joe to me carol is the bigger pimp she got them turning tricks for free I don't know, but if anybody's out there watching this, please comment or, you know, hit us up on social media. I'm wondering if there's any Carol fans out there, because when you literally look at everything she says and does, you're like, oh, this makes sense. She doesn't want to breed animals and leave them in cages. She's saving the ones that the other guys can't take care of. She's having these people volunteer. She's not manipulating anybody, but it's like, but I mean, we find out other things too, but I'm just like, is there anybody that loves Carol out there? Because I was also reading on like Barstool this week. She's the most hated woman in America. <laughs> and so I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think it's like, I think uh, just like the average American, especially like in hard times where a lot of people like having hard times financially, like look what's going on right now with the recession and the stock market crash. I think people relate to the underdog. And while those other guys, Joe, Doc, and uh, Mario, they do have, you know, like penitentiary records, they don't appear to be breaking the law because they haven't been arrested. The laws are really loose, apparently, really gray and really nebulous about owning a tiger. Like, technically, you're not supposed to own one, but yet they sell to all the zoos. Every zoo you can think of in every state bought them from those guys. And technically, you're not supposed to breed, but the zookeepers come and get their pups so like i said it's, it's a really gray area but carol has successfully formed packaged herself is like i said is more of a mainstream you know nice wonder bread lady from the suburb and who can point the finger at like these these other you know you know problematic characters when again in my in my uh, opinion she's just as problematic but she has a just a better presentation and we have people in live chat also commenting about Carol's, uh, I don't know if she calls them interns, what she calls them, but Rose Manos, who was with us last episode. Thanks for joining us again, Rose. She says, Carol's using slave labor. Julie Walker says, right, uh, brainwashed minions. That's what she's calling Carol's workers. And uh, Jill Z um, also in the chat brings up, that's probably how she got her first husband too. So it's, th this is actually something to think about. There, there's so much more that happens in Carol's story. Um, 
these first two episodes you're like oh carol's not that bad even though i couldn't stand her from the beginning just because i was a joe fan and i knew she was trying to take joe down and joe had this like huge hatred for her the next episode because again i binged this whole series the next episode we really get into carol more so right now you might be thinking carol's not that bad but okay can we get into the story with how she met her ex-husband are we there yet or no or we're not there quite yet because but but i know you brought it up so you can mention it just don't 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 say everything that happened because next episode is going to be heavy into carol okay yeah it's hard for me to keep track yeah but without saying too many spoilers it's basically like you said we basically learn that carol isn't like this sweet christian you know domesticate who has this pure heart for saying for saving animals i mean i'm sure there's a part of her i like to give people some credit there's a part of her that that loves that but you just see a whole other like shadier side to her later on. I know. So, I mean, it, it just gets crazier from here, guys. Um, as, as most of you know, because really, if you're watching this series, you've watched episode one and you're hooked because nobody can see Joe Exotic and not be like, I need more Joe. Like, he's amazing. Yeah. Everybody's probably just binging this. If you, if you are still unsure, Continue to watch because next episode, the third episode, gets even crazier, but with Carol this time. So um, we, we talked about episode one. We just covered episode two. Um, stick with us for the rest of the season, guys. We will cover all of the episodes. But this is it for episode two, and we are going to move on to Al G's segment. Al, take it away. It's time for We're talking about wildlife, so it's time for the Al G wild segment. We're talking about Netflix and quarantine, Netflix and chill. But imagine if you were locked on quarantine, you know, with a crazy animal. So last week we were talking about how this is related to, you know, what's going on with the coronavirus, the lockdown. We compared it to the zombie apocalypse. So I read a story about zombie ants. <laughs> so now I'm gonna read you a story about some crazy wild seagulls. And we wanna hear oh, your story. Your crazy animal stories too. And like, if you've ever been cooped up with one, sometimes a person can be the, the crazy animal, just like Joe, imagine like being locked down with him. But here we go. This one's called Seagulls Don't Like Being Stared At. How can beachgoers keep pesky seagulls from swiping their snacks? Apparently simply staring at the birds might do the trick. According to a study published in August, researchers tempted herring gulls in coastal Cornwall with bags of fried potatoes and tested how the birds behaved when they were watched. And when they were ignored, gulls became more cautious about inspecting food when placed under human surveillance. And many of the birds lost their interest in the fair altogether. In contrast, when the team ignored the gulls, the gulls, the birds always picked at the bag of tasty taters. So what does that tell us, ladies and gentlemen, is that you just got to give, you know, a seagulls, if they're looking over here at your lunch and at your picnic, you just got to give them like that hard look, like that death. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you let, it's like, they're like children. If you let them run amok and you, you know, you ignore them next thing you know, they're going to be, you know, climbing all over you and, and raiding your fridge. But if you stare at them, that's the thing from this proven study. If you stare at seagulls, they will back down. So We'll put that in the category of, you know, just like when if it's you and an animal, you know, you just got to let them know who's boss. Oh, my gosh. See, guys, you're learning so much here from this 
podcast. It's incredible. Thanks, Al, for that. I have a crazy quarantine story from my family. My dad and mom are quarantined in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, right? And they're staying away from my sister, who's out there as well, because they don't want to get coronavirus. Oh, she they got had the a- treatment I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> You know, she, they, she did. Actually, she's given that, them that treatment other way around. But they um, went for their first time grocery shopping, like out in public. And my dad was in such a rush to get everything and get out so that he didn't contract the virus in the store that when he was on his way out, a sliding door came across. He was flying out of the, out of the store, hit it as hard as he could with his cart, knocked the door off the track what? of the grocery store. And then he says to my mom, oh, these things come off their track all the time and just pounded it. So I went back in and acted like it was no big deal and then rushed home. I'm like, oh, he's serious man. about that quarantine. You can't, you can't mess with my dad. <laughs> Guess what? You got to be about your game. It's, it's like the apocalypse out there. I told you people going to start like getting violent. You know, it's food's going to get short. I told you we're this close to going Lord of the Flies up in here. So I think your right. dad is, has got the right idea. He's he's ready to go. He's rock and roll. He's he's about that life. Yeah, try not to blast a door out at a grocery store, though, guys. <laughs> but anyways, let's move on because I have a news and gossip because there's so much news surrounding Joe Exotic. So now the Tiger King himself, Joe Exotic, files a nine, $94 million lawsuit and wants the president to pardon him, Okay. So he, uh, the lawsuit has been filed in the name of justice. The Trump administration must be made aware of it. And basically, Joe Exotic is going to represent himself in the lawsuit. Um, he refers to himself in third person as Joe Maldonado Passage, which, guys, yes, he takes Travis's last name. Uh, there's more that comes to this story, so you'll find out about the whole passage. He filed it in federal court in Oklahoma. And he alleges that the Fish and Wildlife Service put tigers on endangered species lists for the sole purpose of allowing animal rights groups to sue small zoos and circuses to make privately owned tigers extinct. So like he's that. back in the news. He, he wants Trump to pardon him. And I think we should all start tweeting Trump and have him pardon him. Kim Kardashian is actually watching this show. Kim Kardashian is actually watching the show. We need to get on oh, her because, you know, she'll show up to the White House. She'll say, Trump, we need to get Joe Exotic out of jail. And Trump will be like, it's done. Let's get him out. I'm not a big fan of Trump's politics, but I but she got him to release a few nonviolent criminals. So if Kim K can do that, yo, Kim, we need you to holler at us and holler at Trump for us. Yes, I know. Oh, my gosh. We need Joe Exotic out of prison so bad so we'll see what happens we'll keep you guys up to date no i'm sorry jess i was gonna say real quick what you alluded to in your story what i took away from that again is like the big guy from the little guy like we have basically because he's a private owner he's basically uh being sabotaged and trying to get gobbled up by the bigger by the corporate owners by the by the pitas and the bigger reservations so that's the thing it's it's really a beef between the private owners and the and the bigger, more established companies who do the same thing. Right. So that's it for episode two, guys. Thanks so much for joining us for episode one and two. I just want to give a shout out to Julie Walker, Jilly Z, you rap guy, Rose Manos, just everybody that joined us today. It's been so much fun t- talking the Tiger King with you guys. Um, I'm a huge fan of the show. Like I said, I binged this right away. 
Al and I will be back to talk episode three, four, five, six, and seven. Um, comment, hit us up on social media. Tell us what you guys think of the show. Let us know if there's any news and gossip that you guys hear. Let us know your craziest quarantine story and how you guys are staying safe, social distancing. You're saying so much. Jack, don't forget to mention the IG Live. Yeah, and, and we're, we're trying to work it out so that we can do an IG Live just so we can talk more and just have like a more laid back discussion with you guys. So we're going to try to work that out as soon as we can. Um, but until next time, we'll see you guys soon. Thanks so much for joining us. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.